Greetings, fellow Earthlings. Dave Smith with another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. Yeah, so this episode I would like to talk about um, why Bernie dropped out. What's going on with with the progressive movement? Um, how people are saying, you know, once again, here we are, any blue will do, you got to get behind Biden. Um, you know, there's been all kinds of controversy with the primaries. First of all, there's still, it, the, you know, the, the numbers that I've seen are that the, the game isn't up yet. You need 1,900 and something uh, delegates to, to make it so that the other com- you know, opponent has no chance. For it to be a shoe in, nobody's got that yet. Um, Bernie's got you know under a thousand, and Biden has just over a thousand, somewhere around there. So it, it's still anybody's game, right? And as we know, with Biden's dementia getting worse and worse, at any moment Biden could have the ultimate gaffe, right? So you know. As a matter of fact, let's just pause this. I'm going to find a couple Biden gaffes, and, and let's hear these. These are unbelievable. All right, here. So here is Biden's cringiest bloopers on the campaign trail from the Hill. This is off of YouTube. Why are you texting? Why, 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 you getting nervous, man? And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. I, I'm not sedentary. I don't. I get up and and, and no, let, 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 let them go. Let them go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. And I can get things done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape on? Let's do push-ups together, man. Let's do. Let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take my pizza. Mendo caucus. No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were. Make sure the television. Excuse me. Make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal. You know the, you know the thing. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. I'm beginning to see why your wife left you. And he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He pulled up. He said, you walk out with that chain. And you walk to the car and say, you may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330 and help me in this fight. Thank you very much. So, you know, there it is, you know, and I'm not making fun of Joe Biden by any means, right? But he's, you know, it's, I actually think it's sad and the man should just be let left alone so that he can go retire. He's had a full career. Let the man retire. You know, who is behind this pushing a man with dementia to challenge Trump? Like that's going to work. Are you kidding me? Trump is, is, is brutal. He will shred Biden. So what a losing proposition. So that, that's what the DNC has to offer now. That's, that's what, they would rather rally against Bernie and prop up somebody like Biden than, than let real change happen. I mean, that's how sold out 
the Democratic establishment is. Apparently, they are so beholden to their donors that they will sell the public, the working class, down the river to maintain the status quo. You know, Nancy Pelosi is a joke. She has opposed none of Trump's legislation. You know, 80, 80 billion for a border wall, boom, here you go. $130 billion increase for the military, boom, here you go. At the same time they're accru- accusing Trump of colluding with Russia, Pelosi, with no qualms, no compromise, no benefit to anything, signed the military increase in the budget. So if, if Trump's a threat to national security and working with a foreign government, why the hell would they give him $130 billion more for the military? So it's all theater. You know, the, 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 the bullshit of, of the impeachment, that was all theater. Kabuki theater. Uh, there was never a hope in hell that that would get Trump out of office. All it did is it put a little ding on his record. Who gives a shit? Obviously, Trump doesn't. He's filed bankruptcy four times. You think he gives a shit about that? No. You know, it, it was all theater. So as Pelosi is just in lockstep with Trump, she does this kabuki theater bullshit to make it look like she's opposing him but knowing full well that it wouldn't remove him from office, that there's no way, hope in hell it would ever remove him from office, and that there's never been a president that's been charged with crimes after a presidency. They've all been pardoned. So total moot point and waste of time and a huge waste of taxpayer dollars. They knew it would go nowhere because the Republican Senate had to vote for impeachment and they said that for to, for removal of office, and they they said before the even impeachment started that they would side with the president. So Pelosi knew this, and went forward with it anyway, all as theater. If she really wanted Trump out of office, she would have backed Bernie, gotten behind the progressive movement, and been been you know screaming Medicare from for all from the mountaintops. But you know. She said Medicare for all will never happen. We need to boost up Obamacare and do these half measures. So it's all theater. It's all such bullshit. And now apparently AOC is the last sellout. So I don't know if she just got offered too much money, if she got death threats or whatever. But now she's lockstep with Pelosi and she's more concerned about re-election than any progressive agenda. She only backed two of two progressives in the primary. There were a bunch of people primarying um, incumbents, which is how AOC got into office, and she didn't even back those uh, people running, you know, for Justice Democrats. So she's showing that she's been paid off and that she's lockstep with the establishment now. So knowing that, how can we really attempt any kind of viable change from inside the establishment. And then why the hell would Bernie bail out when he's right there? He's got, oh my God, why would Bernie bail out when it's not over? Until until the delegate number had been reached, where it's a shoe-in, why would he bail out? I have no idea. But 
there is a, an excellent, excellent program here that, uh, that I'm checking out. This is uh, the Jimmy Dore Show. Thank you, Jimmy, for bringing it and keeping it real. And this is Nick Brana on the Jimmy Dore Show. Um, he used to work with the Bernie campaign. Um, he used to work with um, Our Revolution. And he's now the organizer of the People's Party. So peoplesparty.org. Check it out. Sign up and uh, check out what Nick Brana has got to say here. So I, I cannot I, I can't understand what Bernie is doing with this and how this gives him more leverage. I think he's just he had a big platform as long as he was in the race, and I think he should have kept it as long as possible. I also don't understand why he put some of these individuals in his camp in his campaign. As you've said before, I think that he, Bernie, you know, Bernie's obviously a very conflicted person, and I saw this when I was at our revolution, uh, when I was the electoral manager there. And Bernie was conflicted even about starting to take big money. And so it's clear that, you know, Jimmy, I think you have it right when you talk about the theory of change and how we actually pressure politicians and how we actually push as the left. Just kind of saying that we're going to fall in line with any politician or we're going to compliment any politician because that's our team, you know, Bernie, that doesn't do it. Bernie has enormous pressure coming from the establishment. And what we have to do is we have to be critical of our leaders. We have to be offering that counterbalance on the left as well. In the 30s, FDR faced enormous criticism from the left. Well, he implemented the Green New Deal in order to prevent the collapse of capitalism. And he I want to just interject there. I just did a uh, podcast with my good friend Tony Schultz, and we were talking about FDR. As a matter of fact... Uh, yeah, FDR approached the elite of our government and told them, you know, unless you want a full-blown revolution with pitchforks, unless you want to lose everything, you better do this. So, um, and as a result of the Green New Deal, uh, FDR faced an assassination attempt, and then there was actually an organized military coup led to, to try to overthrow him and to install a fascist government in the United States. This was a plot that was uncovered by uh, General Smedley Butler, and he outed the whole plot. The elites approached him thinking that he would be for the plan, and he went along with it long enough, long enough to gain the information to expose it. So I just want to interject that. He was actually very explicit about that. And so we need to do the same. And most importantly, we have to put an end to these two corporate parties. I mean, if you haven't seen enough now, I don't know what could possibly be enough. But the last five years of progressive strategy have been Bernie's campaigns, you know, from one campaign to the next, trying to reform the Democratic Party. And we now have a verdict on that strategy and it's failed. So we've got to move on. We have to say at this point that our allegiance is to the working people of this country who are struggling now during this pandemic more than ever before than it is it is a, to those people above than it is to this party man he pretty much freaking nailed it right there I, you know how long will we be trying to remodel a, a condemned house you know how much money do you put into a money pit before you walk away and you go wow this thing is killing me when do you call it? You know, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. 
when the hell do we run away from the Democratic Party like, like a, a condemned house that's about ready to collapse on you? When do we do that? You know, how many signs does it take? Unbelievable, man. So anyway, I'm going to find a couple more uh, good clips. Okay, so here Nick uh, Brana continues about how we've been so deluded to think that we have deluded the, the illusion of choice is what we've been given, right? Two doors that lead to the same hallway, right? So, you know, at this point, huge companies and corporations and evil entities like the Koch brothers and Jeff Bezos... They pay off both corp, uh, both parties. They donate heavily to both parties so that whoever is in office will do their bidding, right? So here uh, Nick Brannett talks about that, about how it doesn't matter who's in office. The, the elite agenda, the New World Order agenda keeps being ushered in no matter who's in office. Here he talks about that. Longest time, you know, the cycle has been for the past, at least the past 40, 50 years, it's been a Republican comes in, they lurch us to the right on tax policy, on other things, they you know sharply increase inequality, and then Democrat comes in afterwards, administration, and sometimes they have full control. They've had full control of government, like Obama did. They can do anything they want. But what they do then is they don't take the country to the left. They don't reduce inequality. They don't reduce the cost of health care. They don't reduce you know student loans. Instead, they don't do anything meaningful about the climate crisis. Instead, they normalize everything that the Republicans did, and they build on it instead. So when you say and so, that this effect where we're going to the right consistently, and this is just the most horrific and egregious example of that. Joe Biden is a man who Barack Obama picked. Barack Obama, new kid on the block to Wall Street. You know, uh oh, a little unsafe. He picks Joe Biden to signal to Wall Street, "I'm on your team." You know, and so that man is now the Democratic Party's nominee, a, a man who's like been reduced essentially to the mental state of an infant. So once again, great points, great points brought up. So about Barack Obama, he turned out to be a total Trojan horse ushering in, um, similar to Bill Clinton. I've heard Bill Clinton described as being able to usher in Republican policies that Republicans were unable to usher in. The good old slick Willie just came in and got her done, you know. Well, that's how we do. Blowing on the saxophone, looking all cool in his sunglasses. Ladies love me. Yeah, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yeah, all right. Apparently, Bill Clinton's brother was caught on tape in an FBI sting operation, drug sting operation, and he said, Bill Clinton, oh, my brother Bill, he's like a Hoover, referring to like how much he does cocaine. He's like a Hoover vacuum. Anyway, so Clinton merged the two parties, right? So we had the left and the right of the, of the corporate party. Then Bush comes in, brings it way further, then Obama comes in, keeps a lot of the Bush policies, doesn't end torture, doesn't end the wars, brings us from two wars to seven, 
built the cages on the border that Trump then used to detain, you know, kids and, and separate families. Tr uh, you know, oh, no, not many people know Obama built those cages. So for who? For what? He knew what the plan was. You know, I guess at the meeting, <laughs> you get debriefed on this. Um, and what was, I think it was Bill Hicks, the comedian Bill Hicks, that said, when you become president, they take you into a back room and they show you the Kennedy assassination video, but from an angle that you've never seen before, and then ask, any questions? Uh, nope. Okay, I get it. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> I guess, what's my, what, what's my agenda? Right? So, and that's not far from the truth. Um, Obama's cabinet was picked for him by Citibank. Literally, they sent a letter to him with 21 cabinet appointments, and he did them all. So, let's listen to Jimmy Dore shred on Obama here. And just, this is all true. Um... When you say that Barack Obama normalized all the horrible stuff that Republicans did, what you mean by that, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that instead of um, unwinding the banks and breaking them up, he made them bigger. Now, it wasn't George Bush doing that. It was Barack Obama doing it, so everyone went along with it. He took George Bush's tax cuts, which were controversial, and he, Barack Obama made them permanent. They had a sunset clause in them. Why? Because they weren't popular, right, with regular people. And they had to put a sunset clause in there. And Barack Obama could have just let it sunset, and he didn't. Right? So that's another thing. He also took us from two wars to seven. So now war became normalized. Both parties, 100% pro-war. He opened the Arctic to drilling whenever, whenever Shell Oil asked. He kicked 5.1 million people out of their house during a recession, which is, what would, which is like if he, if he was president, he would start doing that right now, too. That's what you're talking about. All that he built the cages. He he exported three million uh, Hispanics. I mean, he made all this stuff normal. Is what that's the stuff you're talking about. And so we never he never came in and said, hey, we have to have rent relief, mortgage relief. We have to write down the value of these mortgages and help these people stay in their house. He the template was never set on how to handle this, and that's why we got Donald Trump, which was the the key critique that Bernie Sanders was unwilling to make, and that's why he never once critiqued Joe Biden's time at the White House. Correct. That's right. Boom. Jimmy pretty much nails it right there, right? Bernie just... Why isn't Bernie calling out Pelosi? Why isn't he calling out members within the Democratic Party that are inhibiting uh, progress? Calling out these people for voting for this stimulus package. You know, AOC and Bernie are bitching about the stimulus package, but they signed it. They signed it. So, like, how about you don't sign it and then demand a, a stimulus package for the people instead of bailing out corporations before they're even failing. Oh my God. All right, here's one more clip of Nick Branagh talking about how Bernie went soft compared to 2016 um, and how his 2020 campaign just did not have the teeth, how he wasn't going full tilt boogie, uh, you know, about against the billionaires and the 1% and um, how he had started considering taking corporate money. 2016 to 2020. You know, he didn't bring out the same level of young voters. He didn't bring out the same level of rural voters. And that, I think, is because 
he started playing ball with the establishment yes. at the same time that he was supporting, you know, that, that he was working with the grassroots. So he was operating in this awkward middle ground where what people want to hear is they want to unequivocally hear people that are saying, like, look, for the last several decades, you know, my wages have stagnated. But the cost of my health care, the cost of my education, the cost, you know, the cost of housing has exploded. I cannot afford this anymore. He was attacking both establishment parties in 2016 very sharply. And then, you know, the, the, the language of oligarchy, political revolution, that fell off. Bernie's campaign in 2020. It didn't have the edge that it did in 2016. And I think that's a big reason that he lost those individuals. Yes, that's it. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. You can't just sit back and let P Pelosi and people like her get away with what they're doing, which is dismissing any progressive movement, snuffing it in, the, in Congress, um, you know, it's unbelievable. Meanwhile, Pelosi is totally corrupt. She's worth a hundred million bucks. Like Bernie could have just called her out, shredded her, helped the person that's primarying her. Um, I like Shahid Buttar. If you haven't checked him out, check out uh, shahidforchange.us. Um, he's running. A, he he made the primaries, so now he's in the election. Running to unseat Nancy Pelosi. He's a super progressive um, activist from San Francisco. Very well spoken. Um, he's a lawyer. Cool guy. Um, and he is a fighter for the people. So I've got, I hope he wins and get the frickin' Pelosi out of there. But if not now, then when the time is Thanks a lot for tuning in. This has been Dave with And Another Thing with Dave. Now up on uh, eight different platforms for the audio podcast, and I do have my video podcast on YouTube, same name, and another thing with Dave. You can also shoot me uh, messages, friend me on Instagram, and another thing with Dave. Peace out. Keep fighting.